Welcome to Chai with Ping. This is Ping Robert. In this podcast, I cover immigrant stories, cross-cultural experiences, and minority issues. Join me with a cup of chai and take a listen. Hi, this is Chai with Ping, and this is Sneha interviewing Ping Ping. Yay! It's our 100th episode. Yeah. yeah. I am very excited. I feel it's a huge milestone,、yes. and it's a big achievement from 2020 to now 2024. Wow, that's a long time. That's a very long time. And there were times like I didn't publish anything when、mm-hmm. I was writing my dissertation,、mm-hmm. but now I graduated. And today we're gonna talk about what. Your <laughs> <laughs> I I don't really think a lot of people ask me about that, but I just feel like this is something I want to record and then put a memory to do that.、Yes. If people are interested, they can always listen to this episode. I think it's an important thing, as you know, for PhD students、yeah. or someone who's writing dissertations. Your experience matters a lot,、thank、so、you. thank you for sharing、yeah. that, and you can continue with your sharing、Definitely. your education experience. <laughs> so, as people might know, that I focus on international students, and so I don't just reg- like just just the regular ones. I focus on international doctoral students、mm-hmm. in the education administration programs in the U.S. Ah,、oh, so, that's an interesting topic. Yeah, so nine of the students they were so I. I was one of them,、um, and I find different people from different states, different schools, and all of them are from、um, different programs. They have very different dynamics,、mm-hmm. right? Like、mm-hmm. countries, languages, gender, marriage status,、mm-hmm. or、uh, schools and programs. Years in、mm-hmm. the U.S. and years in the program are di- very different.、Mm-hmm. So then someone will be like,、uh, "So you just interview them. What are you looking for?" So I actually use a method called phenomenology. So through these nine different people,、mm-hmm. we're, I'm trying to find what phenomenon they're going through. So they're going through international doctoral studies,、oh. right? And they're international students in the U.S. And what are the common themes that came out from their experiences? Okay, you talked about pheno- phenomenology. That's right. So, in the, is there like a set criteria for you to undertake this kind of a study? So of course, some people want want to take like case study. There are、mm-hmm. different research methods, and then、mm-hmm. I don't want to go too deep into that. That、mm-hmm. will be another topic. But、um, my advisor and I, we were discussing like if we should do like a case study、mm-hmm. or narrative inquiry. So it's like because no one has done this kind of topic yet.、Mm-hmm. Many people are doing international students topics, but not focusing on、uh, educational administration programs. So, so like I don't have a lot of、uh, literature.、Mm. So then, so she was like, "Oh, maybe we should just look at what." So they, we all go through this phenomenon being an international doctoral student in the U.S.、Um, since this is kind of like discovery, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so then we should kind of come up with something that it's a common thread. So then we didn't choose the、uh, case study because case study, most of the participants will share similar backgrounds, were similar. Variables.、Mm-hmm, Now, when、mm-hmm. we talk about ra- variables, is like if they're similar,、mm-hmm. if their age, their、uh, family situation, language, country, or programs are similar. But、mm-hmm. I cannot find all nine people from the same program.、Mm-hmm. That will sabotage the program as well. <laughs> so that's also why I didn't use my program. Um, we do have like maybe five students. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so the criteria is also like at least three to eight people. 
to be involved with phenomenology and then I interviewed them several times. So I decided to interview them three times, okay. one hour each mm-hmm. and then usually across one week. So oh. so wait for another week and then I interview them again. Okay. But there were some people, you know, sometimes there are technical problems. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. cannot really wait because like, students are very busy. They have family engagements or they have their own work and all that. Mm-hmm. They only squeezing like maybe three days over this weekend. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. some of the people, I still do that. But most of them, I think seven out of nine, I still do it one hour a week. And then consecutive like two to four weeks. How did you get them to like participate? I mean, you would have... Did you reach out to them mm-hmm. and they just agreed? How was the initial process? The recruitment? Yeah. Oh, it was really hard. Actually, so I wouldn't say it's super, super hard because it still kind of took me three to maybe four months to recruit all of them. Mm-hmm. I think the first initial two months, it was really difficult. I only heard, so I sent a mass email to different programs. I have a list. Uh, because most programs enroll into the conference, like the Committee Council of Educational Administration mm-hmm. body. Mm-hmm. So then every year we have that, that big conference that we meet together, right? Mm-hmm. So there is a list of mm-hmm. the chairs and the program coordinator emails. I sent a mass email saying that this is the research I want to do and please share that with your students and all that. So only one person signed up. And wow. I'm like, and then I send it probably to 100 programs. Oh my or at least a hundred emails, maybe okay. not a hundred programs. So it was hard. And then it was 2022 mm-hmm. summer. Mm-hmm. So I went back home. I was sending emails and didn't get anyone. I only got one person. I interviewed th- him three times. Then I was like, uh, I talked to my advisor. I'm like, I don't hear back from anyone. Mm-hmm. And I already asked my friends. I post on you know social media, LinkedIn mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. that. No response. Okay. And then she's like, maybe you should customize your emails. Oh. So then I started going into the website. So based on that list, I mm. go into different programs' websites and mm. then look into a few of the names that are currently maybe a chair, maybe the department head, or like student coordinator. And then I will mention their name, like Dr. So-and-so or chairperson, da-da-da. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my um, research, my invitation. It would be great if you uh, can share with your students. So I think when people see their name, the response has been uh, what was more. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then okay. so okay. Five, so this is also a criteria sampling. Mm-hmm. Like they have to fit into this criteria. And snowball sampling. So, for example, you 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 were interviewed, and then I asked, like, do you have anyone else you can refer to? Maybe your friends in your program, maybe, maybe they're still thinking about joining this uh, project. Mm. Maybe talk to them. So that some of them refer their friends. Um, so that's how we recruit them. But I also use, um, this word is really hard, anonymous. Anonymous? Anonymous. Anonymous, uh-huh. yes. So everyone has a different name. Oh. And I also changed the name of their... Pro- uh, so I didn't mention any name of the program, but name of the university, I changed the names. Why should it be anonymous for your study? I think for international students, is a vulnerable body, uh-huh. student body. They, um, they don't have the residency here. They only have F1 visas. And, you know, once, sometimes in the interview, they might share something 
which are negative about their programs or professors. So I don't want to make them scared um, when the information leaks out because it will be published. And it's not just dissertation, maybe in the future, well, I'm planning to publish it into journals, into different conferences. So then I think when we interview participants, they want their uh, privacy to be protected and they can share freely. Mm, that's actually an important point that you raise. Yeah, mm. I, I do agree with uh, anonymity when interviewing. Yeah, yeah, right now that you say uh, how important it is for their status, yeah. immigration status as an international student. Yeah. yeah. They don't have a lot of social capital here in the US. So, mm. so I think a lot of them are cautious. Like they don't know if people know about them. Um, criticizing or mm-hmm. complaining about programs and professors, how that would impact their future and academic life. Mm-hmm. What yeah. was your next step after interviewing them? So it was very interesting because I, I have to admit that because this is a, like a discovery exploratory um, research mm-hmm. study, I was not sure what I want to focus on. So I asked them a ton of like general questions. I divided into like five, six categories, like um, coursework, interaction with like social life with with other people, with professors and staff, Um, like inclusive excellence, like what has your program or your school been doing to include you as an international student? Mm -hmm. What do you, how do you define? How is your mental health? How is your financial situation? How is your career aspect? Um, I also talk about like their internship or possibility of working alongside with research teams and all that. So so it's very widespread and like everyone is just talking and, and they really enjoy talking about their experience. They said that no no one has ever asked them so such questions, such questions are so intentional. Ooh. Yeah. So so I I also find a lot of harmony or like echo from like I resonate with their answers because some of some of them they say something that I would not be able to describe but they say it in a way it's like oh this is how we feel this is how you guys feel and I kind of find the 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 evidence of mm. the problem like basically Many people know that programs need to support international students, but they're only saying, and I think it's by notion, mm-hmm. but not many substantial work has been done. And by just asking those questions, and they say that ne- never have them been asked those, is kind of a phenomenon like, oh, so schools and programs what are you guys doing like do you actually know how to support if you don't know what they're going through so that's also one of the the findings from my um study i think there are so many findings that i have to cut it into a manageable size and length mm-hmm. then um you know the the you will ask like maybe what are the biggest takeaway mm-hmm. so i will say like cr- so cultural differences or incompetence mm. cause a lot of confusion between faculty expectation and international doctoral students. Okay, okay. But I was like, duh, right? Yeah. Cultural differences, of course. It's not just in schools or any... I feel like in any situation, if it's an international situation or cross-cultural stuff, mm. that, that so many confusions will be caused. Were there any... F- 
like did you find any uh, answers to your questions that were completely out of the blue out of the box something that you didn't expect at all i feel that's the maybe not the main things mm. but the side things like for example no one has asked them mm. those questions mm-hmm. so i put it in the recommendation like if you want to support your international students in the program in school um, you do need to do a need assessment ah. right program evaluation when we want to fix something or improve something we need to know what we're doing Uh, what we're dealing with mm-hmm. not just like saying yeah inclusive sure. assets yes we love international students <laughs> it's like what are they re- what do they really need a lot of them are like oh i really want to work more in research but i i was not given a, the opportunity or oh my advisor just kind of left me to dry mm-hmm. um they they didn't care because they were trying to get their sabbatical leave and i changed i switched uh, professors or someone left the institution mm-hmm. so so they there were definitely heartfelt stories mm-hmm. um But the, the other finding, I have two main findings. One is that cultural difference. The other one is collaboration. So co-constructing knowledge between faculty and students will definitely help uh, support students' academic mm. achievement. Mm-hmm. And I feel this is also very common knowledge. It's like, I think especially in graduate studies, most faculties are not the sole power or knowledge source anymore it's Mm. more like a facilitator a guide Mm. so because there's so many different people like and like the background knowledge and all that i feel like how professors or faculty can include students in co-constructing their courses Mm. will be the next step it's like when we take one step forward and then we talk about okay how do we want to learn these these topics right um a lot of students are expecting international or global content especially in educational leadership right we were once teachers or educators and then we want to go out and maybe apply the theories or knowledge to different situations because each state is different even each district is different A lot of us, we might go back to our country because it's it's not like a given that we can stay here in the U.S. We still have a lot of family back home and all. So even some people want to stay, some people don't want to stay. Like I feel the flexibility of options should be given. Um, so then, so that's kind of my argument. Like how do we make things flexible, but also it's like a general soft skill that people can apply into different situations. another question writing a dissertation is something of a big feat so what was your process of writing your dissertation mm, thank you for asking yeah I, wh- i when i went back to taiwan i was encouraging another friend who's doing a masters and and i kind of talk about my process i i want to put it out here for people to listen to it i think everyone has a different learning style or different focus style you, we just need to find our own and we can alter people's recommendations but then i think most important just find something that will work for ourselves mm-hmm. for me i listened to my seniors suggestion they said that well um they just spend maybe one or two hours a day uh, most of them they had full-time full-time jobs i didn't 
I was kind of like a full-time student, mm -hmm. I quit most of my jobs to focus on my dissertation. And yeah, that was <laughs> that was a big move, but I, I felt that's something I need to because I'm very easily distracted. So I need to have that chunk of time, um, which is the prime time of the day. Hi, Cherry. Cherry is the new Cherry foster dog. Cherry has joined us Yay. in the conversation. Yes, please adopt her. She's so lovely. Well, I don't know. I pray if she gets adopted or not. That's in God's hands. Um, so I quit my job, right? And then I moved to somewhere which is quiet enough. Actually, the half of the dissertation was finished back at home. So then I usually wake up and then I do my things. And um, I think 10 to 1 is my prime hour that I can focus more. So then I work after 12 or 1. So every morning I'll get up and then start doing things in my, um, on my computer. I set a timer, so I'll put a link in the episode note. I do Pomodoro technique. It's like 25 minutes focus and then take five minutes break. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of rotate it two, three times. Two, three times? Two, two three hours, like that. So that's one. Mm -hmm. um, my, also my old boss told me. So he mentioned that just work one hour a day. And then even if you don't want to work on it, just turn on your computer, open your document and sit there. Even like nothing, at least sit there for 30 minutes, think about it, maybe write a sentence or two, or maybe add revisions or whatever. At least touch that, that dissertation for a little bit. Sometimes you just, we're humans, we're really not doing well. So we, I, I also felt that sometimes I cannot work for like two hours, but then at least I sit there and then I look at it, I plan ahead some of the administrative things, for example, emailing or, you know, calculating some numbers or, you know, sending gift cards to my participants. So I try to do that even if I really don't feel motivated. Um, another thing is like finding a study buddy. There was a writing group from the library on campus mm. and then we meet online. Mm. And then later we kind of know each other and I found different people at different writing stages. So then I would just invite people like, hey, I want to write, anyone want to write with me online. So then we just, we usually shut the microphone, shut the uh, camera, but we will share the screen of the Pomodoro timer. And then we go on that. So before we start, we talk about what we're going to work on and then maybe like two hours or two hours later and we talk about what we worked on. So at least there is a little sense of belonging and like camaraderie, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so that's how we got through. And then I also saw people, you know, they kind of went into different phases like uh, defense and also submitting APA, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. formatting and all that. We graduated. Um, so I think that's really important because it's, they don't, they're not from my program. Not all of them are from my program, but finding that support and with, you know, that, that people component, it was very important for me. So knowing that I'm not just alone in the void. Yeah. Writing is a very lonely process yeah, and yeah. finding your group is very important. Yeah. yeah. And then also, I wouldn't say writing is my whole life at that time. So I spent about five months in Kansas City mm -hmm. just to be quiet and, and just focus. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say I spent the whole day working on my dissertation, maybe just two hours in the morning and 
one hour in the afternoon or one hour, maybe two, two, three hours in the evening. And in between, I still do my shopping. I still do my prayer time. I still go out for walks. Um, oh, change of scenario is also important for me. Mm-hmm. When I sat in my room for mm-hmm. the morning, the sun was coming in, right? So I was writing. But in the afternoon, it becomes dark. The sun goes to the other um direction so i walk to the library nearby oh that's right? an important aspect that you raise yeah. changing positions okay. yes huh. and then especially if i only have my laptop there and i probably brought like water and snacks with me everyone else is like doing busy i find myself doing uh, like some somehow better in a public space because i wouldn't be able to distract myself it's like oh let me fold my clothes or maybe I should I should check on my um you know plants or what what was there in the fridge right it's like a lot of distraction um sometimes I go to a cafe nearby as well or I even can take the laptop to you know whatever a church area a prayer room area so that's really flexible I feel like dissertation itself is work mm-hmm. so Celebration is also very important. If I finish one draft, I will celebrate with myself. Maybe I'll buy a chocolate or I don't know. I will do something fun. Small wins. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Or I'll, I'll get some chicken wings mm. on my way home. I, I will be willing to spend on myself. Um, sometimes people want to get a spa or go for a walk or go to somewhere and meet a friend or something like that. So then I also try to keep those social times as my reward on the weekend. So I don't want to work on the weekend. So Monday to Friday, I want to focus. And then I try not to schedule anything else during the weekdays. Okay. Um, in the summer as well, you know, when I was working on my proposal, proposal is the first three chapters of my dissertation. When I was here, I was like, okay, let me just work on this. At least every morning I should get up and do something before I go to work. So it's a marathon. We just need to remember <laughs> we get tired and we might take breaks. People are cheering for us, but don't, I didn't expect myself to do it like as a sprint. Oh. So take the time I needed. Of okay. course, there is always the urge and the like the, the desire of finishing a fast. Like, can this just be the last draft? Because there are like five five chapters, right? Each mm. chapter probably took me like four to five drafts. My professor, my advisor was very strict. And I am not, I still am not a very good writer. So there are lots of times she will say, I'm not sure what you are trying to say. So then we talk about it and then she's like, okay, just change this way. And then she, I appreciate her, Dr. Tabor, and like she's my lifesaver. She will go so far to support me and then kind of rewrite and reorganize what I was trying to say to make sense. Oh, that's... That is a lot of... That's a lot of work and I know that she doesn't do it for other students. Wow. Okay. But she knows... So she also verbally said it to me. She said that I'm very proud of you because I can also see that you're working so hard each time when I have revisions for you and then you will revise and then you get back to me and then you're you're accountable for yourself as well. So you kind of push me to push you. So I'm like, okay, great. So I think having a structure is also important. Some of the professors don't care. (laughs) 
the faculty they're just like ah you you go and do your thing and then come back with with something with me for me i need a clear structure for example each month i need to meet once and later like maybe every two weeks this is during your dissertation writing yes. process yeah okay so i need to think about okay uh outline first okay filled out maybe the first draft for the first month and then the next month is second draft and then also i need to schedule in the time that my professor was gonna read it she's gonna read it for two weeks right so what am i gonna do though during two weeks mm. so maybe before i submit my draft i need to talk to her about my next outline something that i can work on when she's working on my uh revisions mm-hmm. so so that's just something it has to be I need to visualize things, so I write it down. I write the timeline. Okay, by this day, I need to finish what? And I have, like, a graph to to show, okay, where I am. Even though the graph sometimes, like, it, it's just, like, it's there as a plan. And then it changes so much because I was planning to do the half of my dissertation for, like, half a year, six months. But oh. then it extended to a whole year, right? So everything okay. has to change. Mm-hmm. But I think the idea is the same. It's like, by what date? Okay, so for example, if I cannot finish by this date for chapter one, then what is the next date I can finish? So then I kind of delay everything and then redate. So it was like a plan A, plan B, plan C. Uh, it kind of like plan A and then revision, 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 <laughs> revision A B C D E F G. <laughs> so, so it's just like whatever works, right? But but coming to the nearest deadline will help, like not not the hindsight. If we zone zoom zoom, zoom out, yeah. we can see. Okay, I'm graduating in June. Hmm. So well, how do we backward? schedule things but then also this month i need to finish some small things revise a graph or uh, fix an apa citation find another literature to support this little example so there are micro and macro Mm -hmm. stuff so those are the things i i will always say that you know don't i encourage myself a lot it's just like, I deserve this. I've done hard work. I need to celebrate. I need to rest. I still need to chill. So I try not to think about dissertation and work when I'm chilling. If I need to chill, I need to chill. Oh. Right? I, we chill the hell out of us. <laughs> <laughs> Is chilling important for your mental health? Because oh, absolutely. It's, it's very, I feel like... There, there's dissertation writing is such a long process. Mm-hmm. Now that you've mentioned what you did, uh, did you ever feel your mental health dipping? And what did you do to get yourself together? Yeah, get together. Yes. Uh-huh. So the half, uh, the first half of my dissertation, I had my therapy online. But then later, I moved to Missouri. I couldn't reach her because uh-huh. she was out of state. Okay. And then she was getting her license. Mm-hmm. But then I think talking to friends, family regularly, and we pray together. Um, I still went to the small group um, with the Christian community there in KC. And I'm very grateful for Ellen, Cindy, and all the whole small group people. They they support me. They pray for me. They know that I'm, I was struggling and they didn't want to bother me during the week, uh, weekdays. And I 
try to exercise every day. Oh. Either it's in house uh-huh. or take walks outside. Okay. okay. And like check. Oh, I will intentionally go to the park that around the time that I can actually see deer. Mm-hmm. They're eating grass and all that, so I can see them. I love to see animals. Mm-hmm. So those are the things I do. Um, oh yes, of of course I will feel low, very low sometimes, especially like you know there are other things in my life not going well. So I. Instead of doing core training at home, you know that that the drills and the routines are very. It's not static, but it's just like, whatever is it is right. It is routine. Yeah, it's routine. So it was not much emotions and all that. I went to choose some of the songs, like the videos, like Zumba dance or Bollywood dance workout. Or like pop music dance workout、mm-hmm. that will actually hype me a little bit because、mm-hmm. I can listen to the music and I can dance around it.、Mm-hmm. So if I don't feel like I'm doing the core workout, then I do some dances, and then just like have fun with it. What's your favorite dance music? Now that you mention, hey, the the Bollywood one is really good. Oh, yeah, but not all the videos are great. But I a few of them are really nice, and it really depends on the choreography and the songs. I I cannot I can probably find out and then put it in the episode note. And、yeah. Zumba Zumba is good. Some some YouTubers or you know workout trainers are crazy. <laughs> I don't like the crazy. They're like come on girl, and I'm like <laughs> okay that's a little too much. I I can just focus on whatever. Like they don't have to talk a lot. And then they just do the dance moves, and then it's like I think when they enjoy their dance, and I will enjoy my dance. Wow! Instead、okay. of you know, like they need to have a good time、mm-hmm. on the video. So that's also like how influencers and media can influence our our lives because like their emotions can can be a little transferable.、Mm. Yes. So, so that's how I kind of distract myself. I definitely watch movies and. Series and I wouldn't say my sleeping routines was great. I probably sleep at one a.m. and wake up at nine, and then it's like very sloppy. But I try to give myself some grace. It's like at least I'm working on something, right? It's not like I'm wasting all my time.、Mm. Yeah. So so that is the strategy I focus on. Submitted your dissertation. After that, what was it like? Your defense and how、uh, did it go? Yeah, I feel the harder part is the writing part. Okay. I usually don't have that much problem talking and listening. Of course, I know that、um, my committee will rebuttal me mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. when I'm presenting, and that's their job to.、Mm-hmm. To to ask me to question me to doubt with my integrity or my my ways of doing research, but I have a great team and they are very supportive. Of course, they are so blunt and direct in my defense, but then I also need to think about all those questions.、Um, for me, a good dissertation is a dumb dissertation. I don't care how much I need to change and to follow the desires of professors. I just need to get it done. So this is my ultimate. Goal.、Mm-hmm. I can be a professor or a scholar later, and then have my own 
logics and and rationale in writing and speaking on some topics, right?、Mm-hmm. But I don't need to fight that much with my community.、Oh. They're not so they're here to polish my dissertation and to challenge me to be a better academic.、Mm-hmm. But I I can definitely stand on my feet. Mm-hmm. If they're minor things, but if it's major, for example, they say that well, I really think you should do three hours or or three hours of the interview with each person. I'm like, sure, let me do that. You know, whatever gets it done, I get it done. Like I really don't want them to question me. I will just and in this stage, I'm very obedient. I will say, whatever it takes, I can be soft and flexible, and then just change the way they want. Of course, I will express my ideas and discussion, and say I'm not sure. Da da da. But a lot of people will fight back hard on their topics. I'm not that kind of person. Oh, uh, what? Like, why would why would you not fight back? Like, because you because it's not important.、Best. It's not imp- okay. okay for me. Okay, my importance is on graduation. Oh. And this is not my only work of life, right?、Okay. If I'm gonna win a Nobel Prize, sure, like this gotta be a perfect or awesome argument. But this is the first of my doctoral studies.、Mm-hmm. It's it's gonna be the beginning of my all the work,、mm-hmm. right? In the future, so then I'm not gonna be perfect. And what is what what does it take for me to graduate sooner? Maybe just listen to the professors. <laughs> okay. So, what if the committee like were divided? For、mm. instance, your、uh, supervisor has one idea, and then your committee, other committee members had another idea. What if there's a conflict? Conflict. With, yeah. I think you were there、um, yeah. at my defense, and then there was a professor. A committee was very like she. She was very firm about her opinion. Eventually. My advisor and me are on the same team, right?、Mm-hmm. So we need to figure out what we agree upon,、mm-hmm. and then she has the the final say. Of course, there are some challenges and all that, and then they will say. So she protected me to be on the defense when I was ready. If she doesn't think I'm ready, she doesn't even want to schedule the defense.、Mm-hmm. And then at some point, she was like, "No, I don't really think you're ready. Maybe postpone it for another month." Mm-hmm. She, she was like that, and then she also asked the committee, "Is that is there any possibility that you don't think Ping should pass? Just let us know. We can reset, re- reset or reschedule the defense."、Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to send me there and to fail, right? She、mm-hmm. want me to to be there and to be successful because that was a big thing. Like when you're ready and defend and present, all the people from different areas of the world will come in, and then it's like how much of the shame that you want to put on a student and yourself, right? So she was the door, the gatekeeper. Ah,、oh, so she、yeah. really helped you with the defense, and she was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have this as my、uh, student's dissertation, and it's the final thing, and、yeah. whatever happens, happens." Yeah. So she really feel it was ready, and、mm. then she made sure the committee has no huge objection.、Mm. Then we went on. Of course, there there were minor ones, and we had a discussion. Like right, I really don't. I didn't think it was very heated、uh, discussion. I agree with with the committees saying that I didn't have enough data to back up and all that. So later I added more.、Oh. I revised more after defense,、okay. and I think that's why it's so important because. 
all the work need polishing. So, so that's what their job was. How long was your revision? Like- oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, people don't talk about revision. That was actually something that almost killed me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not gonna graduate. Never. <laughs> yeah, so I gra- uh, I finished my defense in mid June. I had to submit by end of July, I think. Oh, so you just had a month. Month about. Yeah. Was it? Yes, and the formatting and all the you know paperwork and all that in August, and I I graduated in August, so yes, about a month. I took a whole weekend or a whole week off after my defense. I'm like, I'm toasted. So it was, yeah, that was the last push, and then I reminded myself of patience and persistence, cause cause it felt like done. But it was not done, and I still had to add a lot of different things and all that. And then it's just like minor things, and that could be very, very troublesome or it's irritating, annoying. Yeah, how did you get through that? I mean, you've all you're almost there, ninety-five percent there, and those that five percent yes. that you needed to push. How did you do it? Focus on what's important. Graduating, so whatever it takes, I need to push and suck it up and do it, and then I will be yelling in my office or on my computer. I'm like, what? But then it's like, and my mom was here in the U.S. in Denver with my brother, so it's just like they also constantly push me. Like, have you finished your revision? And and having two parents in higher education isn't fun. <laughs> They know a lot more than than me, like mm-hmm. dissertation wise or advising students. So they kept saying like, okay, before this dinner, you need to finish something, right? You cannot do that. And I'm like, oh, mom, just trust me. I am a thirty-something woman, married and successful. Hopefully, <laughs> you need to trust your daughter that you have raised a right daughter who can take care of herself and be responsible about her career. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna who who needs a mom to nag around her when she's finishing her doctoral studies and going into the higher education work field? Exactly. Right. Uh-huh. So I had to recognize that fact and then tell her, mm-hmm. please don't ask me anymore. I am doing what I'm supposed to do, and on top of that, my advisor is there. Mm-hmm. So you just be my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, sorry. <laughs> My dad was like, yeah, he was very busy, so he didn't care that much. But but yes, for, like every now and then he will text me like, oh, oh, oh even now they're like, do you want to publish your articles? Wow. You should probably like before you start working, you should probably work on a you know three to four papers maybe. I'm like shh shh shh. I will do <laughs> no when talking. I want to do. Yeah, no talking. Thank you. So so that was that was the mentality. I and I don't know. It's almost like mother giving birth to a baby. A lot of pain can be forgotten. Oh, okay. like right now, okay. I don't really remember how I pushed through that last month mm-hmm. and not to give up. Um, but when I submitted and I got a green light, like my my advisor gave me saying that okay, yeah, you can proceed and submit it to the library. <gasps> It was like such a relief. I'm like, ah! so, 
and the the stress kind of goes down as soon as I submitted the last draft of my dissertation to before the defense, and then I know just if I do one thing, one thing will be less mm. off my list,、uh-huh. right? So I can check it off. So it it will only get less and less, will not be more. Okay. So I persuade my mind that way. Sounds very hard, but yeah, I can understand. Yeah. What, how do you? How you would have done it? And sometimes I feel like just yeah, we need to always find that focus.、Mm-hmm. What is important, for example, for me is to graduate, to finish it, and and you know whatever it takes, I will just do it. Yeah. But this is my example and experience. I don't、mm-hmm. know. How other people are going through. I know that some of my friends who are picked on, or you know, even had a bad relationship with their advisors. Um. So I I will say I'm still very blessed and lucky girl, in this field. Yeah, like still maintain a good relationship with my advisor, or in the in the program. So. It's really fun. Yeah. Any last lingering questions? No, actually, no. I think you answered many of my questions, and thank you for sharing this experience of dissertation writing and the entire process from recruitment till the defense, even after defense,、yeah. the revisions. Yeah. <sighs> a big round of applause. Thank you, thank you. There are a few takeaway I want to offer to my listeners because yeah, sure, a lot、sure. of a lot of listeners are curious about cross cultural stuff, right?、Uh-huh. Like especially I focus on immigrant stories,、uh, experiences or cross cultural stuff. I do think from my dissertation, of course, I already kind of know that in in the back of my mind, but you know through the data, I do think we mentioned need assessment. When we encounter something new or someone, some people from a different culture, we can always ask questions, be curious, because a lot of things are not something that we think about, and they're not the same as we expect. So I think asking questions,、um, be curious, and so I think there's the the phrase that Lewis used to say: ask but not assume. Ah, that's a nice one. Right, right.、Museum. It's very important for us cross-cultural people.、Mm. And the other one is be patient, and because there are so many differences, sometimes it's just different.、Mm. We, it's not right or wrong.、Mm. Um, and it's a long, long journey. Yes. Of learning cross-cultural competence. Yeah, we can only take that patience and. To hopefully understand the differences、mm-hmm. and not to judge so quickly. That was a good one. That、yeah. was a good takeaway. Yeah, yeah. thank you for that. Thank that you. That one, that thought, the last thoughts. Yeah. It inspires. Like your defense, your PhD journey inspires a lot of people who are undertaking their PhD journey or dissertation journey,、mm-hmm. whether it's in the master's program or. In the PhD program,、yeah. so thank you for sharing your you. experience. Yeah, cool. All right, listeners, this is our episode hundred. And if、uh, you have questions, feel free to shoot me an email, shoot me a message. You know how to find me. Things are in the the episode note. Thank you, Sneha, for interviewing me, and thank you, everybody. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to Chai with Ping. If you think someone will benefit from this episode, don't forget to share it with them. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you like my show, you can buy me some chai with small donations. Details are in the episode notes. Till next time. Thank、you